From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. Good God! The blessings come down. The blessings come down. When the blessings go up. Oh, oh. The blessings come down. The blessings come down. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. I don't make songs for free, I make them for freedom. Don't believe in kings, believe in the kingdom. Chisel me into stone prayer, whistle me into song air. Dying laughing with Krillin, saying something about blonde hair. Jesus, black life ain't matter. I know I talked to his daddy, say you the man of the house now. Look out for your family. He has ordered my steps, gave me a sword with a crest, and gave Donnie a trump in case I get shortness of breath. It's weekend Friday, June 3rd, 2016, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron String, and this week's show is brought to you by Audible.com, who has more than 250,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products available. Uh, Audible is offering Relevant Podcast listeners a free 30-day trial membership. All you have to do is go to audible.com slash relevant. You can download a free title and uh, just start listening. I'm, I'm not done with my Phil Knight shoe yeah. Nike guy biography yeah. yet, yeah. yeah. but I got a little antsy. I started listening to the uh, Aziz Ansari Modern Romance book. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I have it. And I couldn't find the time to sit down and stare at paper. Yeah. So while I'm out and about doing my my things, no, I I, I'm listening to it. And so I actually picked up where I left off in the book. And it's actually really good. He actually does little things in the audiobook. Aziz actually reads it. Yeah. And uh, and he throws little things into the audio experience that are not on the page. This which is, is a great thing I love about fun. audiobooks. Yeah. It's like the what is it? Tina Fey reads her audiobook. Yeah. Steve Martin has like uh, yeah. the best one. He does all the banjo. Yeah. On it, I love it. No, he does. I don't know. Does he really? Yeah, he does. I was I assuming. I haven't no, gotten surprised. to that part. I didn't know there was a lot of banjo work in the book. Yeah. No, he played. It's like it, it's buddy. like in between chapters. Well, if you want to experience the banjo of Steve Martin's writings, mm-hmm. uh, you can go over to audible.com/slash/relevant and sign up for a free trial and download it for it's free and get because going. Because banjo go. typically does not translate very well to the printed page. Right. No. Just pages and pages of picking notes. Yeah. Bail Fleck did a whole a whole book just saying like what it sound. That was stupid. All Keep right. going. All right. Well, like I- don't edit it out. I have to die on my own sword. Continue on. Like I said, I'm your host Cameron, and here with me in our Orlando studios. Oh wow. Is Eddie Big Cat Coffles? Wow. Hi. <laughs> on, on the ones and twos over there, our producer Chandler Strang, my hello, brother. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia. Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And joining us for the boys of summer, all the way from Sydney, Australia, <laughs> former podcast member, Adam Smith. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, the living legend. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've been here since we turned into the WWE, but we're really <laughs> pleased that you're with it's us. It's boys of summer. It's our, yeah. it's our theme song. No, I know. Boys of summer. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah, boys uh, are back in town. <laughs> yeah. Boy, well, boy, well, we remember uh, as this originated accidentally a couple years ago, uh, we were calling it the boys of summer, but we were playing boys are back in town. It's just a boy themed episode is what we're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, a- Adam, I was trying to remember when the last time you were on, I believe it was either at the height of the Nickelback challenge. Or mm. uh, during an episode that may have been shortly thereafter, in which I had a, a nervous laughing attack at the thought of the demise of the world's largest twins, one of whom uh, <laughs> perished attempting to <laughs> jump over Niagara Falls on a motorcycle. I Do you love, remember which episode it was? And I love uh, that. our very first 
uh, audio or our video extract of the show Adam was part of. It was from that episode because it was the um, the origination. We we discovered the uh, origination of breakaway pants. That's right. Yeah. Squirrels yeah. and basketball games. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Adam, since we saw you last, you have two to three hundred percent more hair. When um, what you what happened? When you not lose- Rogaine style, like on yeah, his face. On his face. Places. That's the thing. <laughs> Did you like lose your job or like what's going on with your life? Uh, I actually got a new job that is uh, fairly laissez-faire in its beard trimming requirements. (laughs) So you don't work at Disney World? (laughs) No. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, no, I no longer uh, test gas masks for a living. (laughs) (laughs) We have a great show coming up today. Uh, uh, You know, the boys are back in town. It's because Joy Egerich Reed is indisposed let's speculate uh, yeah there's a whole lot of reasons why she wasn't able to join us yeah i'm i i don't want to get too into i don't it. know what the official one she's, was but she's caught in a bear trap i heard yeah. <laughs> she she's out there in the woods of portland i thought she was on assignment right now oh she's that's, off on assignment finishing yeah, her yeah. epic tale of the ruby slippers that's right that's right so yeah. that's coming up on in the next week or two nice we'll contribution you guys finale okay, thanks well done um but uh so we we asked adam to join us sit in in her seat keep it warm for her. It, gave, it gives me great joy that adam is here yeah one of my favorite well, things well see no i think you guys i think there's this unsaid rivalry one-sided rivalry that eddie has with adam this is because so funny. Because I just said I'm so happy he's here. <laughs> but I think you're putting on. I think you're putting on appearances because yeah. I think deep down you've got some deep seated jealousy because he was the original Adam Smith. You're the new Adam Smith. The tension oh, no. has made everyone uncomfortable. I, I think it is. Uh, I had I, always read it as romantic tension. Yeah, I always. Am I off here? I, <laughs> I don't want to say that you're wrong, but like it just feels like I wish you'd call me like, more. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like we used to hang out all the time, and I don't know. It's just like things have gotten weird, but I, I still I miss you. I read that book, The Game. I know how this works. <laughs> You're always in it. Yeah, I will say this is the show where you and I get a little bit of a break, because at some point, the wolves are just let loose, yeah. right? And we just kind of we sit here sit and back. watch it all happen. Yeah, that's true. Maybe okay. somebody, maybe some, like a fat twin's going to die, and Jesse's going to have just a heck of a time with that, or <laughs> or maybe there's a hot Rambo beat coming out, and yeah. we, we need to just check out, and they'll do their thing, and you know. Well, this is basically the podcast for about three years. A lot, of people, call it the gold, a lot of people call it the golden year. I know. Oh, that I don't like. <laughs> that I don't like. But there was a about three years on the podcast where there were four of us in the room together and I'd just throw uh, you know yeah. metaphorical meat in the middle of the table they yeah. would go after it and then Kara Davis would put her head down yeah, like, Cara, that was my favorite part it's just the exclusion she's like I can't I, even hang. I don't think I don't think it's some sort of jibe or something to call those the, the golden years I mean someone has to be Jay Leno to our Johnny Carson <laughs> there's no shame in that I mean he had his audience too right he yeah. had a purpose yeah yeah yeah. No, okay. I'm good with that. It, you know, we'll let history decide who's who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm basically the Lorne Michaels of, of the show. I'm oh, just kind of around from day... Your... No, I'm around <laughs> for day one, and I won't die. And then all these casts come and go, and uh, there's yeah. there's good years, yeah. and there's not as good you, years. You make them legends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. like, we're the, you know, we're kind of the, the Chevy Chase and uh, no. Dan Aykroyd. No, and that's... Bradford. You're going that you're, far? But you're then, kind of, Chevy kind of left the show after two years and you know who replaced him 
Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> See, I, would, yeah. I think but, you guys are you're the... kind of very comfortably in that Joe Piscopo era. Right. I was going to say, you, I, I would feel comfortable even going early Love It. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, or maybe I'm just That's like in the crazy. Gilbert Gottfried cast, where it's like, oh. Yeah, well, there Elaine, was a show. Elaine from Seinfeld, that cast. <laughs> right, who yeah. they call Elaine from Seinfeld. Remember that one year Robert Downey Jr. was on there? I yeah. kind of see you guys right there somewhere. Well, <laughs> I retract what I said, Adam. I'm not as happy as I once was that you were here. But still. Well, good, because later on, you guys will be able to settle this. Oh, good. Because we have a game coming up. Oh, it's I a hope. game from Down Under. Oh, I hope it's about Rambo. It is going to finally settle the score on who, who the... Uh, the real Adam Smith is, I guess. I don't know. The <laughs> real Adam Smith is. The, the, the Chevy Chase. Who's the yeah. Chevy Chase of yeah. the podcast here? Uh, we also have a fascinating interview coming up later with the star of the current uh, hit miniseries, the new Roots miniseries that's on right now. Oh, yeah. The star is uh, Malachi Kirby. He's yeah. a strong Christian, and he talks to us about his faith and the, and the importance of the role and, and the new series that he's on. Miniseries. How have the reviews been? The yeah, reviews the, the reviews have been really good. They had on Monday uh, debuted uh, last Monday on Memorial Day night, which mm -hmm. was also Game Seven, and so uh, uh, there was. But a, it did have. I did while I was preparing for this week's show. It had eight point five million people watch on the first of a Memorial Day weekend, which is a lot. It's like crazy. the third. It's like the highest miniseries ratings in three years on TV. I was finishing up season million basketball hating people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just don't care. But yeah. the, but I mean, when they scheduled that, there's no way that they could have known that the it would go to such a crazy game seven. Right. There's no way. Yeah. It was just yeah. bad luck. Yeah. Just but that's that amazing that luck. that many people still watched, and yeah. I'm sure momentum will only grow from there. Yeah. Malachi yeah. yeah. Kirby joins us later. That's great. Yeah. Um, but uh, I figure before we get going, in case you miss it and stuff, like Adam, is, uh, we we need to catch up. It's been almost a year since you've been on the show. How how how's know, life down under? Far too long. Yeah, no, everything is really good. Um, impending fatherhood any moment now. So yeah, that's what I was. Congrats, kinda, that's man. what I was kind of getting wow. to. Uh, we weren't sure if you're gonna be able to make the show this week because there's a strong possibility you'd be in the hospital. They have hospitals there's, there, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> the, just an old shed out back. And, uh, no, everything. And when you say out back, are you talking about <laughs> in the out actually in the outback? Yeah. Do they call like, it out back there, or do they just call it right here? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> uh, been on that for so long. Oh, probably the best joke I've ever made. All right, keep going. Adam. <laughs> do you know if it's going to be a boy or a girl? Uh, it's a girl. And do you know what you're going to name her? Um, look, there's a few things in the room. Well, you do know, you Question know, you know, Jesse works both ways. Yeah. Well, most, well mostly hey. if it's a girl. Like, that's been my argument this entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, your daughter has Australian citizenship, but not American citizenship, huh? I, well, see, I don't quite know how all this works. Uh, I think that she can have American citizenship. Yeah. Why? I think all I have to do is go get her a social security number. I don't know. I don't think anybody can just get a social security number. I don't think that's like the like, just, hey, can you issue me one? I was Are you doing some free legal like, advice <laughs> here, Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, right. that'll, yeah. be, that'll be the question of the right. week. Right. Can his daughter <laughs> be an American citizen? Just get a social security number? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you, if you are in questions. international law, we'd love to hear from you. We're going to start treating our feedback segment like Google. We're yeah. just going to just start asking you. <laughs> if only there was a very, very simple way to answer this very <laughs> common question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, are you nervous about becoming a dad? Uh, no, no, not, not particularly just, uh, yeah, super excited for 
everything to to commence. Do you feel the, ready? Do you feel you know on top of it? Yeah, you know, I think as ready as you're going to feel. Now, Jesse, you've had twice as much experience as I have in the whole having a baby right. thing. Uh, how, do you have any advice for Adam uh, becoming a new dad? I mean, at this point, uh, the only advice I would give, it's probably too late for, because considering your, what, what time is it over there right now, Adam? Uh, it is 5.30 in the morning. See, my only advice is in the days leading up to the birth, get as much sleep as humanly possible <laughs> yeah. because you'll be desperate for it. But considering you're up at 5.30 a.m. right now, you're probably not starting out on a great uh, foot in terms of physically, yeah, th- mentally. Thanks yeah. for that, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I, would bring, um, I would bring more jackets than you think you need to the hospital. I remember the hospital being incredibly cold. I was going to say, now, Eddie, you are a father of two girls. Yes, and yes. So He's going to have a girl. Uh, do you have any special advice? And so your advice would be jackets. Yeah, I would bring uh, jackets to the hospital. <laughs> Oh, I, hey, hey! Here's another one. Put gas in the car. <laughs> um, is your how's your wife feeling? Uh, over it, I think. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, ready to just do this. Well, fortunately, yeah. the the hospital is literally. I mean, if you stood on my roof, you could see it from our house. So it's. Uh, I I'd like. To, are you gonna like I'd tether like to a, my... a te- like tether a zip line or something? Yeah. Or like, why are you up on your roof but, assessing but, the no, the distance? I, I'd, I'd like to, you know, I, I'd like to try and stay green and everything. So I'm just yeah. recommending that she walk to the hospital. Once, <laughs> as an, as an Australian, as an Australian with a baby, what's your level of nerves about dingoes? Well, I was wondering about the walking <laughs> strategy because are, isn't that the thing? Don't they? Don't they wait in the shadows and pick you off if you're walking down the lonely streets and at night? We're really asking this. At every, at every moment. That's the thing. That, hospitals have a really difficult time keeping dingoes out of maternity wards. I don't know a lot about Australian culture, because, yeah. but I have heard that dingoes like to eat babies, right? Well, it's not being disrespectful. You have, to, you have to just make sure that you've got your, you know, got really good weather stripping, that you've got all the, all the gaps Cocked up yeah. and everything. It's like the Walking Dead. Dingoes, so, dingoes will get right in. It's like yeah, the Walking so, Dead. Like so, basically, like when when here, you know, I, I went to like a class before we had our first baby to learn all the ins and outs. So, like you learn like Lamont, like the breathing thing. Lamont, you know, Lamont, yeah. Lamont, I think is a race. Lamont? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Whatever. It's <laughs> you, you don't use any of it. Uh, but no, is dingo awful. avoidance part of the course there? Yeah, it's uh, it's more kind of a healthy respect and fear because if they get in there, you're not going to avoid them. Yeah. No, no, no. no. They <laughs> have, dingo they have avoidance isn't an option is what you're saying. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's a, dingo preparation is more like it. <laughs> Your kid's going to have an Australian <laughs> accent. That's weird, right? <laughs> well, his wife does. Well, I know, but that's weird to me too. Well, now she has a, she has a Kiwi accent, but it's considered considerably less strange here. For those, for those listening, for those listening, what is the difference between like Kiwi and what? Kiwi is New Zealand. Yeah, ah. it, it, the difference is they're different countries. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. I know it's separated I know by that. a large body of water. No, I know that. I was just seeing for like just <laughs> education purposes. What if people knew what you were talking about? <laughs> so I get it. All right, well, let's move the show along. If you guys think of any other parenting advice for newborn babies, keeping them safe from wild animals, because things in Australia are large. I don't oh, think yeah. newborn babies should be parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Step number one. 
<laughs> yeah, that's advice. Piece of advice number one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I you guys can just kind of as they occur to you throughout the show. Yeah. All can, I have is a, all I have is real real advice, but that's just a bummer. You know, who wants to talk about that? <laughs> Where he's yeah. in Australia, it's different rules there. Yeah, this is this is the boys of summer. There's no there's no rules. It's just right. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> that's the official motto of the country. Yeah, that's what I thought. Our flag. Yeah. Bloomin' onions are their medicine. <laughs> I need you to take a quarter bloomin' onion, get a little bit of rest. If everything you know about Australia you learn from Outback Steakhouse commercials, you, you're done with your education. <laughs> um, it's time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. Uh, folks, uh, there's a new Bible translation coming out. Oh, it's the emoji Bible, and oh. it's a real thing. Oh, praise him! It is. It's being marketed <laughs> as Scripture for Millennials, number four. Jeez. Oh, um, and it adds emojis throughout individual verses, eliminating the the need to actually read every word of the word. Uh, the author is a person from Twitter who simply goes by the emoji of the face with the sunglasses. Cool. Like, they doesn't have a name. And uh, the author said to the Daily Mirror, uh, a paper in London, I've received lots of tweets, some very nice, some very not nice, but it's all worth the goal of making the Bible a little more approachable, to inject some levity and to get people to look at it with no, pa- no particular agenda beyond on that how, how did they say all that in emoji yeah great <laughs> question they're That's very good. good at using emoji. The, uh, the, the the bible translation is going to have 3300 pages of text uh, it also uses abbreviations and slang writing verses basically like they were text messages wow it's for sale now in the apple ibook store and uh jesse uh <laughs> this is eerily familiar that's right because Back in uh, the end of 2015, going into 2016, yeah. Jesse wrote a satirical article called 10 Predictions That Will Definitely Happen in 2016. It's from the January 2016 issue. That's right. No, I know. This is what Jesse wrote. Jesse knows The emoji Bible translation will finally release, meticulously adapted for readers who simply don't have time to process things like words and sentences. He no said way. it as a farce. No Weird. way. I think I deserve some royalties from Mr. Smiley Face Sunglass Emoji. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Has anything else come true on the list, or are we even close? Jesse, you what know? else was on that list that we can now expect basically to happen? Yeah, how close are our hoverboards, Jesse? Tell us. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> and I don't mean those ridiculous ones that burn your house down. I mean real I rode boards. one of those this weekend, by the way, and it was the time of my life. No, was it? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, here here were some of my other predictions. And you guys can tell me if you think these are close to happening because we only have a few months left at this point. Right. Yeah. And I'm only one for ten, it looks like, at the moment, but there's no, still like six months to go. But I'll tell you, you've been writing the same list, not the same items, but the same prediction list for, you know, at least five years now. Your yeah. one for ten is kind of your best, your best get year yet. So, all right, let me read these, and you guys tell me what you think the odds is some of these will come through. Jinkos okay. and H and M will debut a fat collaboration. Uh, they'll be normal with pants. Uh, I think that's, I think that's reasonable. Okay, so so Jinkos was those huge, huge leg pants, yeah. and you're that's saying H and M is known for their skinny leg pants. Yeah. So they're going to collaborate to for a line of regular leg normal pants. pants. Yeah. Average, yeah. average it pants. That's happen. called the Gap. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's two. I'm two for ten. At Congratulations, this point. man! Wow. Uh, I I pinky rings to shrink down the bulky interface of the obsolete Apple Watch. Well, there is a big <laughs> announcement coming. So mm-hmm. uh, you're predicting that they're going to move beyond just watches to other fashionable accessories like rings. 
Yeah, this one, this one is the, I, <laughs> disturbingly close to something that might happen. President Donald Trump will name Vidal Sassoon the head of his bathroom cabinet. Hey-oh! <laughs> oh, oh. Now, you tell joke. me who's the Jay Leno and who's the Johnny Carson. <laughs> <laughs> you hear, Kevin, you hear about this one? You are definitely oh. the Magic Johnson of late night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> having taken down the NSA and Ashley Madison, hacker activist groups will turn their attention to people still shooting videos in landscape. <laughs> Vertical, guys. What are they still doing? Shame these people. You, uh, you heard shame. this one, Kevin? You heard about the... Uh the landscape and the I'm looking through. None of the rest of these are going to come true. Yeah. I'm just I, glad I got one, soon one may come true. I, I'm deserving the, um, the The emoji Bible makes me think of that old, is an onion headline from like the 90s. And it was a uh, teen study Bible increases fun of religion by 0.03%. <laughs> <laughs> In case you missed it, uh, Disney has made too much money remaking all of those uh, kids movies yeah. into like... This, you know, you know, the Jungle Book. This I'm nervous Killed about. it and whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, in case you missed it, this week it was announced yeah. Emily Blunt and Lin-Manuel Miranda are going to star in a new Mary Poppins sequel. I Whoa. I mean, it right? The casting seems great. Yeah, I mean, Ham- yeah. uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is the star of Hamilton, star and writer of Hamilton. No, yeah. So, I mean, Big you can't deal. go wrong with him right Big now. Deal. And obviously Emily Blunt. I mean, yeah. she's... So she, hot, right? she, I just so can't hot. get over the, the The legit title of the of the sequel is Mary Poppins yeah. Returns. It sounds really Like, ominous. it makes it sound like it's going to be pretty gritty. I am very glad they're not redoing Mary Poppins, but they have found new stories from... What is it? J.R. Travers? I, I don't know the... Author's name. P P R. There's Ricky. There's definitely. You've got the Travers right. Travers. So it's new stories. So I'm like, I'm glad about that because you can't touch Mary Poppins. Yeah, that's one. That's secret. But then the thing is, it's like even if they did, it's not going to go back in time and erase the original. I know, but don't you like? Don't you come in with just like the highest expectations? Like they could make another masterpiece and it would still fail because you're just expecting the original Mary Poppins. Or is that just my cynical view of the planet? Yeah, it's it's true. You don't have Dick Van Dyke. And that's that's gonna hurt it with that killer accent. Right. <laughs> Hello, Mary. Hello. I think, I, I think we all thought he was English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that to me is Kiwi. That's what your kid's gonna sound like. <laughs> Hello, Daddy. Daddy. Uh, Daddy. The, uh, the Disney's reboots and sequels are yeah. are incredibly popular right now. They recently a brief teaser trailer for the upcoming Beauty and the Beast live action remake oh, was yeah, released. Oh yeah, that was cool. And it became the most watched trailer in a 24 hour time span in history getting more views than the new Star Wars trailer. Didn't you guys post the like side by side of the the cartoon trailer and the real trailer are matched really? up? We did, and even that, even that, like short little video, because it, it, it's basically a shot-for-shot recreation of a trailer for the animated video back, in, like in 1991. And the people were so are so into these reboots that even that did like huge traffic. People really I'm care having, about this. I'm, stuff. I'm curious to see Mary Poppins' origins. Because I want to know where this witch world, where she comes from. Like, she's like... Well, I think, if I remember correctly, that she was a, uh, a project of the Canadian military yeah. to create a an unkillable super soldier uh, by fusing adamantium to her bones. Right. And they snuck it all into her bag. They could sne- sneak anything they went into that bag, but then she decided to use it for good. You know, because she can hold anything <laughs> but in But maybe, maybe there's like this inner turmoil conflict of that... 
that you see the... before she chooses the the good side. Yeah, you all know? the cocaine she smuggled and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but she could just think uh, how much cocaine you could smuggle in that bag. I mean, think about it. And she could just fly right over country borders, just Bu- kind of pop right over. Buckets and undetected. buckets and buckets. Und- undetected. Yeah, she's stopped at the border. Yeah. She just sings a song. Everybody's dancing. So and you're saying Mary? See, I was thinking Mary Poppins' origins would get into the sorcery behind her origin. No, no. You're talking. You're going to go the years where she was struggling to figure out her her identity and purpose, and before she chose good, yeah. when she hit bottom. She, no, that's, she yeah. was, the, she when was, the only thing she was poppins was pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we learned the dark source of that name after all these years. <laughs> Bert was never a chimney sweep. He's always been spying on her. He's always been a part of the government. There's stories in no, no, no. finally. Well, pro- no, he was prime minister, yeah. and then he got a drug problem, drug and his <laughs> life fell apart, and he be, ended up being a chimney sweep. Let me ask you this. How many people in this original Mary Poppins Story. Everybody, <laughs> the peng- the penguins. It was the sixties, man. It was the sixties. Oh, yeah. Everybody, the penguins, the horses, every yeah, chimney well, sweep. The, that's the thing is, those penguins were never there. <laughs> it's like exactly. Yeah, you're saying you're saying ninety percent of the original film was a hallucination. Sixties, man. It's right. Those smiles are actually grimaces of terror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, what is Mary reacting? You to? know what? It wasn't sugar they were having spoonfuls of. No, when they were floating around in that room. Of, you know what I'm saying it's spoonfuls of crack. It does yeah. help the medicine go down. <laughs> they just like cut to they cut to a picture of like a sweeping shot of him like like in a uh, in a padded room. He's like, you know, the penguins are everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the penguins, Mr. Prime Minister. Yeah. <laughs> this summer. <laughs> well, folks, we've we've managed to do it before Disney could. We've ruined Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm proud of us. Yeah, if anyone was worried about uh, someone desecrating the memory of one of the most beloved films in the American film archive. Um, <laughs> Beat him to Poppins is going to be so good. Oh, man. In case you missed it, uh, last week, a, a student commencement speech at Harvard uh, just took, like, w- went crazy on the internet. It was so powerful. Donovan Livingston delivered uh, what Harvard Graduate School of Education has called one of the most powerful, heartfelt student speeches you will ever hear. The master's degree recipient addressed the power of education, overcoming injustice, and correcting problems within the education system itself through a spoken word poem. Here is a clip. Education, then, beyond all other devices of human origin, is a great equalizer of the conditions of men. Horace Mann, 1848. At the time of his remarks, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, any attempt to do so punishable by death. For generations, we have known of knowledge's infinite power, yet somehow, We have never questioned the keeper of the keys, the guardians of information. Unfortunately, I've seen more dividing and conquering in this order of operations, a heinous miscalculation of reality. For some, the only difference between a classroom and a plantation is time. How many times must we be made to feel like quotas, like tokens and coined phrases, diversity, inclusion? There are days I feel like one, like only, a lonely blossom in a briar patch of broken promises, but hey, 
I've always been a thorn in the side of injustice, disruptive, talkative, a distraction with a passion that transcends the confines of my own consciousness beyond your curriculum, beyond your standards. I stand here, a manifestation of love and pain with veins pumping revolution. I am the strange fruit that grew too ripe for the poplar tree. I am a dream act, dream deferred, incarnate, and a movement, an amalgam of memories America would care to forget. My past alone won't allow me to sit still, so my body, like my mind, cannot be contained. Uh, you know, after hearing that this week, I'm beginning to think the Vince Vaughn speech <laughs> delivery wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah. I'm rethinking his whole thing, uh, you know? Like, maybe maybe I was reading too much into Vince that whole... Vaughn at Liberty. You think the lady that, that fed yeah. the birds oh. is like an old Interpol investigator that like is disgruntled and gets fired, and now she's out to find them? No, she's an undercover agent. Oh, she is, yeah. So she's still working she's still, for Interpol. She's still in Interpol. Yeah, yeah. In case you missed it, uh, you guys, do you guys watch House of Cards on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Do you? I, I, I live it. Oh, you live it? I don't even know what that means. Okay. Yeah, I watch it. It's awesome. Yeah? I don't care what people say. It's amazing. I watched the first <laughs> season, I think. But... I watched the first two, I think. Mm. Yeah. I haven't seen the most recent. Keep going. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, interesting. Well, uh, hit the news this week. Uh, the female star of the show, Robin Wright. She plays yeah. uh, Kevin Spacey's wife. Oh, yeah. She's the star of that show. Yeah. She's Claire. She yeah, Claire said this week uh, that she demanded to be paid the same as Kevin Spacey for starring in the latest season of House of Cards. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had to fight for it. She was speaking at an event at the Rockefeller Center. She said, there are very few films or TV shows where the male, the patriarch, and the matriarch are equal. And they are in House of Cards. And I was like, I want to be paid the same as Kevin. I was looking at the statistics, and Claire Underwood's character was more popular than Frank's for a period of time. So I capitalized on it. I was like, you better pay me or I'm going public. And they paid me. The, uh, the large gender pay gap continues to exist at many film studios. Forbes recently actually looked at the 10 highest paid male and female actors. The top 10 men earned $431 million combined in 2015. And the top 10 women earned $218 million that same year. Wow. About mm. half. Huge. That is a yeah. huge drop. It's huge disparity. Uh, it's actually kind of coming up again because uh, Ghostbusters remake is coming out with an all female yeah. cast, right? Yeah. Director Paul Feig told yeah. a Variety last year that equal pay is a major problem. Quote, it's ridiculous in 2015 that we're still having to have these conversations. I don't know how we got so behind the times in a town that fancies itself on being so liberal and forward thinking. I want, did Kevin Spacey ever do any comment? On that, I'm, I'm curious what he had to say about it. I'm sure he was very supportive of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he was... I haven't seen any response from him in terms of her contract mm -hmm. negotiations. But, yeah, I mean, I anyone who watches the show knows that they are equally as important to the show. And, you know, she's right. Claire Underwood is becoming more of a compelling character than totally. Kevin Spacey's oh, yeah. character, uh, Speaking I think. of Netflix, in case you missed it, uh, buried in a little blog post from uh, one of the executives at, at Netflix last week, mm -hmm. about three quarters of the way down. Oh, and by the way, uh, we just struck a major deal to become the exclusive U.S. pay TV home for the latest films from Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and Pixar. Yeah, so basically know, they just... Does that, does that not make you feel dumb about every one of those movies that you've actually paid to buy? Yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Because I have like all these movies. Like I, I rarely actually buy a movie on iTunes. I'm happy to just rent it and watch it and be done with it. But the ones that I do buy, those are all the ones that they're talking about. They're going to be streaming free on Netflix. Like, well, I'm a yeah. sucker. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The, the Netflix rotates stuff in and out, so it's not like yeah. the whole catalog's going to be up all the time. Yeah, but I, 
but I rotate things in and out of my own viewing. So, I mean, I don't have to be able to access it every day. That's true. But just knowing that it's going to be there is enough, at least, to send me into a blind rage for having paid for it. Um, okay, and lastly, in case you missed it, um, I know I, I know not all of y'all listen to Apple Music as much as I do. Beats One, the radio, their radio station. It's my favorite radio station. It's all I listen to. Right. Um, and they have a show during the day, which I don't catch very often because it's on during the day. Zane Lowe, it's kind of their main show. Um, he'll break so many new artists, and he has artists in all the time it's for insane. an interview. And uh, they replay it on the weekends. You, you're suspended. You go to the penalty box for three minutes. Right? <laughs> Did yes. he just say it's yeah, insane? Okay, he's done. Um, get him out. His mic. Get him and out. so last week, we, we he had actually officially hit the pinnacle of comedy within <laughs> the, the existence of Western civilization. But let's go ahead and shut this whole thing down. <laughs> well, in case it, well, in case you missed it, this week. Uh, Zane had Zane Lowe had Chance the Rapper come through the studio and they had a fascinating conversation. It was about a 45 minute conversation. You can actually watch the video. It's in iTunes. But uh, right there, about 14 minutes in, Zane, who's not a believer, uh, asked uh, Chance about uh, the overt religious themes on this explicit lyric hip hop album they just released. And uh, if you haven't heard the album, um, you know, the song we started the show with was, was, uh, called blessings. It was from chance. And it's like some serious Kirk Franklin inspiration there and stuff. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I, I, I perked up when I heard the conversation to get to, uh, this question and chances answer. I already got my follow up. There's no, no, no mystery that faith in music and faith in God go hand in hand. A lot of times I can think of a lot of artists who are very religious, but, they shroud it, they guard it. They guard it probably privately for themselves because yeah. they feel it should be a personal experience. And I'm sure that's the case in rap too. I'm positive of it. You know, you are, the devotion is on display on this record. Yeah. That's really unique if you think about it. You're not hiding anything. It's a very, very open, you, you really are serving the purpose here. Yeah. I mean, since I, I, I think like, I, all of this, this music kind of came from me moving to Los Angeles as a catalyst. I, I, I moved out here at uh, the beginning of 2014 and stayed here only for about four or five months. Mm. But in that time, I felt like I was um, kind of losing my God a little bit, you know? And um, that separation got, you know, I, I, kind of, I kind of got rid of that feeling by feeling every morning you know, literally filling my whole neighborhood with this Kirk Franklin sound. We had the craziest speaker system. We used to have this giant house in LA called, uh, we would call it Koi Castle. It's just this big dumb mansion that I should have never rented, but <laughs> we, we had the craziest speaker system in there. And every morning starting at 6 a.m. I'd wake up because I'd be on Chicago time and, and, I, and we'd crank Kirk Franklin through the whole neighborhood. And that, I think that from that, you know, uh, that was that was the time that I started making a lot of this music two years ago, and and it it kind of carried through and and led me to understand and know that my next project was going to be, you know, um, founded in God and founded in my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really set out to make anything that could pretend to be new gospel or pretend to be the gospel. It it's just I think music from me as a Christian man. Cause I think before I was making music as a Christian child, right? Mm. And like, uh, at, at, in, in both cases I have imperfections, but I think 
there was uh, a declaration that could be made out of, you know, going through all this that I went through in the past two years. So there you go. Chance the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back to the box. I got out. I had one chance to make a joke. Then I did that, and now I'm back in. Lots of stuff happened in culture this week. Lots of stuff. Lots of good stuff. We love we love watching, yeah. seeing kind of when faith and that stuff pops up and percolates in pop culture. It's fun. By the way, Eddie, you were wondering what a New Zealand accent sounds like. Zane Lowe, that's what a New Zealand accent sounds like. So there you go. Well, before we close it, uh, Jesse, what, in case you missed it, what happened uh, this week at RebelMagazine.com? Well, in addition to a lot of the stuff uh, we talked about that you can read more about, we also have a really interesting feature up right now uh, that looks at um, a a biblical issue and sort of a a biblical dilemma uh, uh, that a lot of people may deal with when it comes to money. And the piece is called, Here's What Jesus Meant When He Said Sell Everything and Give It to the Poor. yeah, which which appears you know several times in, in the gospel. So uh, the the our piece breaks down the cultural context of what Jesus said there and looks at was he talking literally, and if so, what does that mean for uh, Christians today? And uh, I would encourage everyone to read it because they break into a lot of good points about uh, the lifestyle that the disciples were living at the time and uh, their idea of community and the role of the church and culture, but also uh, uh, what it what the concept behind what Jesus was saying, really, how that really applies to us today. Uh, A line was, it seems there's no hard and fast rule or fixed percentage, but rather a stance of radical open-handedness and generosity in the context of community. It really digs into that to show what it means to say what I have belongs to the community and how to know when is the right time to give more of yourself. It's a really interesting piece and it's up right now on relevantmagazine.com. I had one view on that when I was a Christian boy, but now that I'm a Christian man. Yeah. Like Chance the Rapper. Oh, yeah, Cameron the Rapper. (laughs) Or should we say Cameron the Pastor? uh? (laughs) Nice job, Adam. Excellent joke. (laughs) (laughs) Really as good a joke as it can be. First of all, can we we talk for a second about poor Chance the Rapper's neighbors and the mansion neighborhood that he lives in, uh, lived in in L.A., Mm -hmm. that at 6 a.m. he would blast Kirk Franklin for two hours over the whole neighborhood. Kirk Franklin's pretty... Pretty tight though. Yeah, but six a.m. Good, and I got a mansion. I, I I will say this: it it just seems very like I appreciate his spiritual awakening yes. that yeah. it led to. Yeah, you know, like that's a good thing. But it seems very <laughs> inconsiderate. <laughs> like the larger point was, you know, maybe, maybe that you know part of became part of the yeah. you know spiritual maturity but, thing. But that's yeah, just I, very I, rude was, to the neighbor, right? Like, did he ever consider just a, really investing in a pair of very high-end high wireless end. headphones? High-end, high-end headphones, very nice. But then he could dance or around good, the house and have a heck of a time. A Sono system where you could have a speaker in whatever room you're in. You don't have to blast it over the whole. Yeah, but it really sounded like he threw open the windows and turned the speakers outward, like Macaulay Culkin oh, in that Michael Jackson. Good one. <laughs> and when he, like, that's uh, how I'm picturing six a.m. I got the impression that whenever he went for walks around the neighborhood, he took a boombox with him and held it over his head like, say anything. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Black or white was the the video, right? Maybe he was a a Christian boy then, and now he's a Christian man, because he did say that was 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, Jesse, that when he uh, cranked it up that it rocketed his uncool dad into the stratosphere? Who I believe was played by George Wendt. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still yeah. seated on the couch. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, well, that'll do it for... In case you missed it. All right, stay tuned. Up next, Slices. And I want
This episode is sponsored by Lindy Conant and her new album, Every Nation. Every Nation was written with a vision to ignite courage in the hearts of believers everywhere. Lindy's prayer is that these songs would reach beyond a lyric or a melody, starting a love revolution in the body of Christ, causing us to see the world like we've never seen it before. Every Nation releases June 4th and is available everywhere music is sold or streamed. You're listening to Wild Nothing. The song is A Woman's Wisdom, which is what we lack sorely on this week's episode. Yeah, we got to feel like if Joy or Shauna were here. Or... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they would have already left. I kind of thought that was my role in this whole thing is yeah. to offer that. Yeah. <laughs> to offer the woman's wisdom. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, like I mentioned earlier, you heard Chance the Rapper with the song Blessings. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I, my slice is about the state of modern journalism, and uh, you know there there's a lot of people trying to get into this industry. You know, it's it's rapidly evolving. But I wanted to present listeners uh, uh, with a well, job that's opportunity because there are not that's many there. journalism jobs available right now, even though there is one at at relevantmediagroup.com. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's my slice is to check out our job opening. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, what do you got? <laughs> I, I, either way, I feel like th- this job opening I'm about to talk about says something about the state of modern journalism what people just want to read. Because there was a time when people went to be journalists. They would do investigations. They would uncover yeah. corruption. You know, They would do things that really advance justice in the world. And so this is the latest job opening uh, from okay. Time, Inc. Okay? That's the, the, pub- the publisher of magazines like Fortune and Time and even uh, Sports Illustrated. They, they are looking too, right? For- they have like special issues. Correct. They, and they put out records. And, and oh, Sports yeah. Illustrated it's- football found. <laughs> that oh is true. man! I always wanted one of those when I was a kid. Did you ever order the magazine just to get the football phone? No, we, my parents never would let all, me. We all wanted the football phone. Gosh, I, I, football I, phone. I never got the football phone, but I got some. I got a starter jacket, like a oh, Chicago Bear starter jacket. Oh, man, with, that is, with my subscription. That is yeah. some, what a life. Yeah. yeah. What did you get for did your it, subscription, Channing? You got the blanket, the throw blanket. Yeah. Did, did you really? <laughs> no, unfortunately. A Miami Dolphins throw blanket. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <laughs> Cameron probably got Boy, it. was it something. Yeah, never, it ne- I never cracked an yeah. issue. But man, that throw blanket. I used to just roll myself in and make calls on my parents' football phone. It was fantastic. <laughs> I just want to say that Channing just said quietly and kind of looking down at the desk, Cameron probably took it from me. And it was like, I don't think that was a joke insert. I think that was a moment. Yeah. I think hey, was a- we Miami Dolphins throw blanket. Give it, Chandler. I went to college when he was seven. <laughs> right. I'm not stealing That's what made like, it such a jerk move. Yeah. <laughs> so cold. Chandler's, Chandler's like so cold shivering. In his bed, all he has left is Miami Dolphins throw blanket. He was a Christian boy. I'm a Christian man. I take the blanket if I want it. You can keep the two years of Sports Illustrated, loser. I'm going back to college, you nerd. (laughs) Don't touch the So, anyway, Time Inc. is hiring a new position. Uh, They are looking for the company's first bacon critic. Oh, wow. Oh, they They're are. looking for a bacon journalist. They oh. have just launched, and again, this How just shows a forty-hour-a-week job. I mean, what are you doing for forty hours a week, fifty weeks a year? Sounds like you're yeah, tasting bacon. Bacon, bacon critic. Look, okay. I'm Give a, it to us. I'll, I'm going to put this out there. I'm a vegan, so okay. I don't. I, I I'm not necessarily au fait with the bacon thing. But as a bacon yeah. critic, wouldn't your whole job just be writing? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I can see what all the fuss is about. St- did you, she's just still seeing what all the fuss is about. Yep. <laughs> I totally. 
P.S. I have the best job in the world. Another day at work. So, so time is launched. Again, this just shows where this shows what people want to read. They're launching a new breakfast theme website called Extra Crispy. Remember, these are the people that brought us Time Magazine. Uh, they are seeking a freelance bacon cr- critic to cover the bacon beat. Spanning's bacon role in food, drinks, and culture. They can live anywhere in the United States. It's actually uh, a, a, a three-month uh, appointment uh, uh, position. So I guess it, well, they'll see how it goes <laughs> after three months. But you'll spend all your time writing about, obsessing over, and critiquing, yes, bacon. Uh, they'll also have to travel the country to find the world's best bacon, and they have to write about it the entire time. But to me, I mean, if you're into bacon and journalism, it seems like a pretty good gig. It doesn't seem like many of these are going to come around. Probably the reason it's a three-month position is they just expect that you'll die of a heart attack during that time. It seems like a pretty big work-related hazard if you're eating bacon every day for your job. Right, like your first day in the job, they just hand you 25 business cards. Like, I thought I would have gotten more. <laughs> like, actually, we've never had anyone yeah. make it past 12. <laughs> So we're actually pretty hopeful so for you. that was generous. On yeah. your second day, they give you an angioplasty. Yeah. And just, those like, business just, cards oh. would be constantly covered in grease anyway. Just disgusting. <laughs> they're they're, they're transparent by day four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're dropping them left and right. Yeah. So so if you're interested in breaking into the industry and, uh, yeah, don't mind uh, uh, cardiovascular failure. Did, did you say uh, they're starting a breakfast website? Yes, they are starting a website dedicated only to breakfast called Extra Crispy. This is an entire web platform. So right we're just now. out of internet in the stuff. modern era. Yeah, it's like yeah, we've we've thought of everything for the internet. At the I know that should that should be helpful for one third of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere around ten thirty, you're like, I actually hate this site. I don't <laughs> I'm kind of like getting in sort of like a tacoy mood. I don't know. I just yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna head over to brunch.com. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, what do you have, Eddie? Well, I, uh, ladies' choice, I brought two slices. Adam, I'm going to give you the choice. Um, well, he's bringing a woman's wisdom. You are bringing yeah. a, just a woman's touch. Would you like a slice about uh, coffee, or would you like a slice about uh, space and the proof that... You or, know, or a slice of bacon. Yeah, what oh, would you like? Goodness. What would you like? Um, I, look, the coffee slice is tempting because mm-hmm. it's so early here, but okay. I think I got to go with the space slice. I'm going to give you both of them. Coffee slice is basically somebody's created a Kickstarter that's an alarm clock that just makes you a cup of coffee. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, like, d- it, like, does a little pour over. Oh, yeah, but it's like really good and yeah. it's, it doesn't beep and it doesn't like do-, do an aroma of coffee. Like, you wake up and you look over. And there's a cup of coffee. Yeah, Michael Scott had the same similar idea with bacon, bacon, where he (laughs) wanted to grill it in bed with him, and he stepped in it. Well, even before that, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, when he's got that whole Rube Goldberg machine that's creating breakfast for him. I wouldn't have to watch that. It was too secular. Oh, (laughs) probably right. (laughs) You know, let me say this before you scoff, Eddie. When's the last time you've seen a chair that talks in real life? That's of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know what it is. It's uh, it's they made coffee space food, and it's just that gross powder stuff that you buy at the Smithsonian gift shop, isn't it? So listen, yes, <laughs> it's that, that space ice cream though. It's terrible. Ah, okay, yeah. It sing. It made me not want to be an astronaut anymore. <laughs> Now that's interesting. It had the opposite effect. Up to that point, Jesse was firing on all cylinders. He was almost there. I was this close to the space program until this is the ice cream they got to eat up there. Nah, I'm done. 
I'm going to do something else. I'm going to go into bacon journalism. Dropped out one week from launch. (laughs) Adam, since we're getting... I mean, Space Camp was the best movie, though, wasn't it? Can we just... incredible. I'd like to yield my time to talk about Space Camp. That was my dream. Literally, it's probably actually still my dream. Don't you feel... I think we've talked about this. Adult Space Camp would be... There is, at Kennedy Space Center, 35 miles from my house, a Space Camp, because I was looking to get summer camps for Cohen. They actually have Space Camp. Uh, They actually have an adult Space Camp. No way. They really do. Do you get inside of the rocket, and if you just hit the right series of buttons, you're up there? Cameron, I have a question for you real quick. Yeah. Is the only thing preventing you from going to adult space camp is hanging out with the type of people that also go to adult (laughs) space camp? It's the same conundrum about the DC Talk Cruise. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I could enjoy that, but I don't want to be on a boat with the people who would want to enjoy that. It's like going to a Bernie Sanders rally. (laughs) (laughs) Some of his ideas are intriguing, but these bros, a little too rough. I really like this guy, but boy. Um, For us, will you send Cohen to space camp? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like you just saw the reaction. In a couple years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can't. Not, not yet. When he's old but, enough to make some real choices about his future, and he's ready to become an astronaut. There's also, Just don't tell him what they eat instead of ice cream, because he's going to ruin yeah, it. Yeah, let him, let him get up there and find out, because otherwise <laughs> they have to scrub the entire mission. I mean, Jesse's been through this before. Uh, the, the, adult, the adult space camp uh, is in Huntington, Alabama. At the Huntington yeah. Space Center. Oh, yeah. You can do a weekend one. You can do a week-long one. Wow. And both uh, HuffPo and BuzzFeed have articles, if you Google it, uh, that they went. And they're like, Whoa. it's cooler than you could ever imagine. Wow. So, yeah. Man. I don't know. I, I feel like a week-long space camp as an adult is, is about that? six days too long to be at space There's camp. There's a three-day an and a four-day adult adult one. Three-day and a four-day. You got to wonder. Just It's a just one extra day. What's that one extra day? What What's so special about that extra day? That's actually the day where they pick the best person in the class and they say, you're actually an astronaut now. Yeah. <laughs> like, Are you comfortable with the ice cream, Lisa? Like you're a real, real... A- I'll tell you, though, that ice cream that was the first time I ever had a strawberry ice cream and I didn't even know it was a, a, a concept until I had it at NASA. Okay. Okay, listen. So I'm on the site and I'm like putting in for information. I right? would really like to just so use my slice to talk about this. Adult Space Academy is, is the one <laughs> and, and literally the description under it says... You know you always want to go to space camp. Yes. <laughs> With yes. three or four day programs to Guilty. choose from, there's still time to make that dream come true. Then there's another option for the Adult Advanced Space Academy. <laughs> I believe that's us. <laughs> So, so the, there's two levels. So you have to go to the first one first I, I'm wondering, and then graduate I think you, to the second. You probably do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. what what. I wonder what you have to know to get... We need to get the interview, an Look, interview with I somebody who's... I don't have a lot of practical astronauting experience, but I feel <laughs> like I've picked up enough over the years that I could skip over the right. beginner space camp. I've seen... I mean, I've seen Interstellar. I've seen the one with Sandy Bullock. Right. I yeah. feel like I have a sense of what it's like to be in space in terms yeah, of... I saw, I saw Interstellar wait for. I saw in the theater. In the so. theater. I've seen all of the Star Wars. Uh, they have kids camps, 9 to 11, 12 to 14, 15 to 18. And then they have adult camps. But here's the deal. Oh. They have family space camp. Oh, now so. see, I don't want my kids bringing me down. I got a lot of... <laughs> I love my daughters more than anything, but I want them to go and have the full experience. Daddy's going to learn how to be an astronaut. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I don't want to have like adventure and like trust falls. Okay, and stuff. so the adult one is a weekend program including model rocket construction and launch, uh, training on the astronaut simulators, including the one sixth gravity chair oh. and the multi axis trainer. That's all you want. Plus yeah. hands on space flight history education and one of the world's uh. largest space flight collections. 
What's, can I just say all but like one of two of those things sounds terrible? <laughs> like I have to go to a history lesson. All here? you want, you're, I'll do this. I have whole to build a yeah. model. No, no, no. Uh, just give me access to the rocket and let's do the simulators. Uh, if that's what the advanced class is, just take me there. I'll do a week with a bunch of dweebs with TI eighty six calculators. If I can get in that gravity machine and they spin me around and I get to feel like I'm launching. That's what that's they all I don't do. tell you is that there is an entire class on. Uh, learning how to force yourself to poop in your space diaper. (laughs) (laughs) It's a skill skill you're going to have to have. Hey, hey, Adam, trust me on this. You eat enough of that space ice cream and you're not going to be able to help it one way or the other. Nature nature takes its course. So what's your your actual slice? slice? King Tut, we're all familiar with this person, right? God. Um, King Tut. There was a dance involved. uh, The boy Pharaoh. Turns out, there have been experiments done and research done into King Tut's uh, dagger, and it is made out of material that could have only come from space. What? I, okay, so like a little asteroid rock fell. Right. Well, I mean, that was it. Oh. But, I mean, that's like it's pretty cool, though, still. I mean, things S- fall from the sky every night. Yeah, but where, if you needed where to go... You, where do you live? If you wanted to go and build a <laughs> listen, sword... Listen, I, I can't say how many times I've walked in my yard and found space daggers. Big deal, Eddie. <laughs> no, they, no a rock falls, I, and then they sh- they, I, I they mold it into a dagger. But the, the, Cameron, I really the, hope you have good insurance on your house if you're just being hit by asteroids constantly. But basically, the iron and nickel content found within the metal of this blade doesn't yeah. exist on Earth, and so they're like, well, yeah. how could they... But I still think that's pretty cool. They had to. I mean, you can't find a meteor if you wanted to make a go out and a microphone made out of space material. Would you be able to? Yeah, eBay. I bet I could find somebody's probably put a meteor or an asteroid remnant on eBay. Yeah, well, according to Cameron, they land in his yard all the time. Well, I think I'm just saying this is probably the coolest thing you could ever own is something a knife made out of an asteroid. It seems it seems like it verges on a hundred percent probability. That it's examining King Tut's dagger unleashes some sort of mummy curse. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's, all we know right now. That's the origin story for Mary Poppins' flying powers. <laughs> yeah, she that, looked a little too closely at that King Tut space dagger. Yeah, Jane and Michael Banks have actually not aged at all in Mary Poppins Returns, and you realize, <laughs> oh, they've been there since the beginning, the very beginning. <laughs> They're like, please help us. We can't die. I, I mean, if it's so easy to come by. I'd certainly like a knife made out of uh, moon rock or whatever it is. What's your birthday? Hey, man, that's sweet of you to ask. It's February 12th. Most uh, of the meteorites available same as on, on eBay are from Argentina or Russia. That's so interesting. What are, they, what are they running? How much can you get a, a meteor blade for? Uh, you can get a 435-gram uh, meteorite from northern Argentina, AAA grade, for $224. Wow. Uh, who's who's the, grading? Yeah, AAA, all the way, AA. All the way up to $125,000 for um, some other ones. How much is a gram? My, my question is, are, is this grading... Is this grading scale real, or did just the guy listing a rock on eBay is like, yeah, this is a triple A uh, meter here? <laughs> yeah, and how could they possibly verify it? Yeah, like, you don't, you don't want one of them, uh, one of them double A cool. meteors. Those will lock up on you. 
<laughs> yeah, if you're in, if you're in, <laughs> if you're in battle, you do not. You want the very AAA. Oh, look at that, man! I have got to get some space rocks. Yeah, yeah. There's some pretty cool space rocks on eBay. FYI, I got to feel like everybody in the advanced sci- uh, space camp class already has a dagger made out of moon rock. Yeah, they- but I'm just curious, like, what's preventing me from just going to pick up a yard from my uh, a rock from my yard that looks cool and listing it as a space rock? Well, I mean, you yeah. could you could list it. Yes, but but then I ship it, and they ask me. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that fell from space. But once they, <laughs> but once they do it in my yard, once they do the testing on it, they'll know, out. they'll know the iron nickel <laughs> compound like, is not. It found. wasn't. It wasn't in my yard yesterday. It was in my yard today. Where else do you think it came from? Yeah. So you tell me where it came from. Einstein. So this one, this one, uh, this listing, uh, this one comes from Campo del Cielo, uh, northern Argentina. Specifically, Lovely they give the latitude longitude. Uh, they, okay. they give you the structural class of it. it. Like they have all the chemical stuff. You're they have the chemical it. class. And then they have the time of fall, 4,000 to 6,000 years ago. Oh. And then they show you exactly. Oh, I want a new one, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to use meteor. Uh, so, that is yeah. really lots cool. of details. Lots well, don't of go details. to eBay. Does it tell it, you what, what superpowers it gives you? Yeah. And then, oh, nothing. here's one that's been cut in half. Look at that half cut meteor. Yeah, that that's is cool. really neat. Yeah. How much is that running? 449. $449. Nice, nice Father's oh, wow. Day gift. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you have, Adam? So there's uh, these uh, tenants at some uh, apartments in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, their first mistake, of course, living in, in Utah. But uh, the second mistake... A lot of meteors there. Yeah. And yeah, dinosaurs. Meteors just all the time. Yeah. Almost, uh, almost so the, the added insurance against meteor strikes to begin with makes it a, an expensive proposition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they came home to uh, their apartment complex to discover a Facebook addendum taped to their doors demanding that they like the complex on Facebook within five days or be found in breach of the rental agreement. No. Wow. Yes. And it's like it baffles me when when companies do this. Like, have you not heard of the Internet? What social media marketing guru did they hire who came up with this idea? Jim Stalin, actually. No, they hired the DC Talk cruise marketing team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you've heard about DC Talk, yes? I have. Not just as a concept, but all the big news? Yes. No, the news has made it over here. Has it made it to the world of Kiwi? (laughs) It made it over here actually via you guys, via your your Facebook page, which is typically where I get all my news. Oh, good. (laughs) Well, then you are a very well-informed individual. Which is why this this apartment complex's uh, attention to their Facebook presence is so uh, understandable. Generally, what has Australia's reaction been to the DC Talk? (laughs) Because I do know... I do know this, that legally speaking, because of the proposed reunion is going to happen in international waters, all nations are affected, and the UN is very upset about this. So I'm interested to hear what your diplomatic opinion is on the matter. And indeed, indeed, legally, the only place it could take place was international waters, because there are some very strict laws in place. (laughs) In most countries, I think, you know, throughout, I believe there's a Hague trial that decided this. Well, you know, in international waters... Restraining orders are lifted. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, think, I think the uh, the Hague yeah. decided that no more than two members of DC Talk could be uh, could 
be together in the same room yeah, at any one time unless they're an inter- international yeah. water. It's the yeah. when it's the when two or more are gathered rule. <laughs> yeah, it's even that. If they play, I, I'll say this too. Well, from from my reading of it, Adam, and I could be wrong. I'm 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 not a law professor, but you are according are to the maritime statutes. If they play sex for now, the 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 boat will immediately after return to port and all three members will be arrested. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet Toby is just sitting <laughs> on a dinghy in the back waiting for them to clear <laughs> well, you know, the bay. You know, uh, until you get to a certain point, you know, you're still in U.S. waters, right? Yeah, I understand. So yeah. as the, uh, while the boat is in that, that kind of uh, no man's land, by well, U.S. land, I yeah. guess, um, uh, if two of the guys are in the same room, the, the third person has to be George Wendt by law. Yeah, <laughs> it's Wendt. really uncomfortable. George Wendt. It's awesome. Very strange. So for the first half of the concert, the role of Toby Mack will be played by George Wendt. Yeah. <laughs> at which point, he, when it's Toby's turn, he will be blasted into the sea. <laughs> With, with with some gigantic subwoofers, so he's a good sport about it. George Went. <laughs> George Went is always always up to play. Gotta he's a, can we see if we can get George Went on the podcast? I bet we absolutely could get George like Went. Probably that we could just do that like nowish. Yeah, yeah. Like, couldn't we just call <laughs> just him? Just call him up. Like just tweet? call it. Just look him up on like the white pages or whatever, and he will answer. Yeah, I'm not ashamed to say I'm I'm a George Went fan. I'm, Who is a shame to say? Your, what was your favorite George Went role that made you a fan? I mean, it's. Uh, I think I think probably his role is the neighbor in the uh, horror movie House. Oh. See, I've never oh. seen a horror movie. Also starring the guy who played the Greatest American Hero. Oh, great show. Oh, man. I used to eat rice checks and watch Greatest American Hero with my mom. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, so, this apartment <laughs> complex in Utah. <laughs> What happened after they demanded to have to like them on, on Facebook? Well, I think kind of what you would expect would happen. Uh, a bunch of people went there and left one-star reviews, which is, as we know, the most powerful tool the internet has for uh, <laughs> dispensing justice. Hey, do you right. guys know George Leno was an IMDb page? <laughs> he was in an episode of Columbo? <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, is I this the guy? Just, call, is this anyone. George Wimp from uh, Columbo? I, George, George Wen is a great celebrity, right? I mean, just what a completely harmless, great dude yes. that you feel like probably has a depth of acting range, but is pretty happy having been Norm. Yeah, and uh, he's someone famous as Uncle, too. I can't remember who. Uh, someone but, as famous as Uncle. Now, that's interesting. Um, look look it up on IMDb, Jesse. I'm sure it's there. I, I'm no, so, I mean, we perfectly. We can get I'll our answer someone, by asking it as... Yeah. Uh, clearly, that's our editorial question of the week this week. Is, yeah. can, can George Went get a social security number? <laughs> <laughs> the weird, you know, the weird thing is, he was born in international waters on a DC dock cruise, and uh, he's he's a citizen of no nation, as was prophesied. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, that, and, and yeah, upon his birth, a space dagger fell from the sky. Yeah. It was Jane, and, Jane and Michael Banks were oddly enough the duelists. Jason Sudeikis <laughs> is his nephew. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis. Okay, there we no go. No way! It is, yeah, it's his nephew. Now that is very interesting. This is uh, he's, Mary he's Poppins' a Origins, if I've ever heard There's one. There's a this lot is, of origin yeah, story happening. Lots of origins. Um, okay, well, that would do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Malachi Kirby joins us.
You're listening to Switchfoot. Songs Live It Well. It's their new single. Uh, their new album. Well, this week's interview segment is brought to you by Squarespace.com. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. It's easy to build a site with Squarespace. You can add and arrange your own content and features with the click of a mouse. You get a free custom domain if you... Uh, sign up for a year with Squarespace and there are beautiful templates best in class uh, easy to customize all without a single plug-in you don't have to do a line of code uh, but if you do want to do code you can so it can do whatever you want uh, if you have a store it has fantastic commerce tools as well that even help you like process orders and track inventory uh, Squarespace is awesome and the cool thing about squarespace.com is you can go uh, sign up and start playing around and building your own website for free um, you can just sign for a trial, no credit card required, and just start building right away. Uh, you'll see how easy and awesome it is. When you do sign up for Squarespace, uh, because you probably will, use uh, promo code RELEVANT when you check out, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase at squarespace.com. It's a great deal. So remember to go start your free trial today, and then use promo code RELEVANT for 10% off your first purchase at squarespace.com. Malachi Kirby is a 27-year-old English actor uh, known mostly in the UK for his roles in shows like uh, EastEnder and Doctor Who, and now he's the star of the remake of the miniseries Roots. His role as Kunta Kinte is already garnering rave reviews, including from The Telegraph, who said after episode one, quote, let's just say that when hip-hop artist Kendrick Lamar wrote King Kunta, he was unknowingly writing a tribute to this actor's towering performance. The show, which drew more than 8.5 million viewers over Memorial Day weekend, is airing now on A&E. Our very own Aaron Hambury recently spoke to him. Here is Malachi Kirby. You're squarely a millennial, born, I think, in the late 80s. The show, though, the original one, The Roots, with LeVar Burton and everyone, um, that came out in the late 70s. So were you familiar with the show at all uh, growing up? Did you watch it? Or when you got the part, was that your first exposure to it? What do you think of the original? So, when I was in school, I guess from the age of about 5 to 15, I knew who Kunta Kinte, well, I had heard of the name Kunta Kinte, um, because it was a name that people would use very casually, like kids, you know, would use very casually to cuss somebody, um, to diss them. It wasn't a positive thing to be associated with this name, Kunta Kinte. So that was my first understanding of him. And then I grew up a little bit and I had come to know of Roots. I don't remember how, but, you know, Roots, the series um, came to my attention. I hadn't watched it yet. Um, but I understood that there was this series that happened ages ago, this old series <laughs> that was about slavery. That's what I understood of it. Then my mom came to me when I was about 22 and she gave me the box set very formally and said I want you to watch this or watch it like I don't think she gave me an option she was like watch this <laughs> and a year later I watched it I finally got around to it <laughs> and it, it it changed my life um literally and not in a cheesy way just it, I'd never seen anything like that before I wasn't taught that in school I was taught about slavery but it was the ancient Egyptians. I had never known this kind of slavery. I'd, I'd learned about kings and queens and the Nazis and the Jews and, you know, these kind of things. I'd never learned about this. And so watching that just 
changed how I saw myself. It changed how I related to people. Um, words that, and phrases that I would use, um, like just the way that I saw myself, it, it was just like, whoa, like. The original Roots miniseries is the most watched miniseries of all time. Uh, it's got iconic actors, like we said, LeVar Burton, uh, James Earl Jones, and so on. So when you go to make this show, it's actually a pretty audacious thing to attempt. Were you intimidated by it, or how are you approaching this project? Well, you know, I sat down... I mean, one I say this, one of the first conscious decisions that I made when I received the part was first to stay as far away from the original as possible out of respect for it and um, also to do as little acting as possible. Um, I didn't want to perform at any point whilst doing this. I just wanted to tell the truth and I first needed to know it and feel it so that I could share it. And I sat down with you know, Mandinka experts and its historians and we went through really the things that made him human. I wanted to know who Kunta Kinte was as a human. I wanted to find his humanity. I wanted to know how he sat and how he would have ate um, and how he would have greeted an elder. You know, I wanted to know that how, the, I wanted to know the difference between his, his tradition and his religion. Um, his, how his culture affected his upbringing. Like, I wanted to get the details of those things. Um, I wanted to know what his aspirations were, his dreams, his secrets, his hopes, like his fears, if he had any. Um, and I needed to know his history, like, because it's where he came from and his knowledge of that that empowers him on this journey, um, as well as other things, but that being, I believe, most important and so I wanted to basically know what he knew um, and so I did that research as much as I could so I didn't have to think about it when I was um, playing him I wanted to think about his thoughts um, in every moment I wanted to think about what he would have been thinking about um, how these situations were affecting him physically and mentally and spiritually and emotionally and try and access the truth of that. You are an outspoken Christian. Where did you grow up that way, or what was your story of coming to faith? I I came to Christ. I gave my life to Christ uh, about three years ago. Four, three, coming to four years ago now, and. I wasn't. I wasn't raised like this. No, not at all. I. I certainly had to seek him out and find him, and it's changed my life. And I'm so glad I did. Um, and it's also changed my career. I was acting before I had given my life to Christ, and the effect that God has had on my actual career itself is is completely different. Um, and going through this journey is hard not to make reference to Jesus you know it's hard not to make reference to the things that he went through that his persecutions um, in being on the cross 
um, out of his integrity and not basically giving up who he was like he was who he said he was and people wanted him to be something different and he didn't change and so he was put on the cross and that's Kunta Kinte not to like say he's in any way like Jesus but the things that he went through it just it it resonated with me So how does your faith play into your acting, um, in particular, even this role of Kunta Kinte? I remember praying in my room, um, and it was a prayer of repentance for something completely separate. And in the midst of that, um, I remember God telling me that I'd been given this role. And it was the strangest thing, and I'd never heard God speak to me like that. And I remember just being very confused and very shaken up by it. And I was wondering if it was my imagination, if I was hearing things like what, I didn't know what was going on. I prayed and again, and it was as clear as day. Like God was telling me he's given this to me and he wanted me to declare it in advance that he'd be glorified. And that was like, (laughs) it was terrifying. Um, But I did it. Um, I, adhered his word and it wasn't until a month later that it actually came to pass um and he has been glorified and he continues to be um in ways that were unimaginable to me um and you know i don't know what god wants to do with this but i know he has a purpose for it i know that and i believe that to be true and i'm excited to see and continue to see um his will be done. That was Malachi Kirby. Make sure to check out Roots. It's airing now on A&E. Listening to Hani El Khtab. The song is Gonna Die Alone. Yay. When I heard this, I just no. really connected to it. No, don't, don't. I'm not gonna, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not I'm going not, to allow you to make that joke. Why? It's <laughs> too much. <laughs> too soon? All right. Too much. Uh, we have, a, we, you know, it's very rare that Adam and, and, uh, and Eddie are on at the same time. And we thought there is, there is a rivalry here. Uh, it, it goes deep. And now it is involving entire nations. Mm-hmm. The yep. U.S. And Australia. It is time for the game show from the land down under. Game show from the land down under. Crikey. 
circular breathing. On All right, so I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited about this game uh, because, you know, I, Cameron and I were talking about this earlier. You know, part of the vision behind our show is not just to entertain people, but to inform them. Right. You know, Clearly. like Adam, he gets a lot of his news from our Facebook page. A lot of people, this is their only source of knowledge, this yeah. podcast. Uh, so we try to do our best to give a wide breadth uh, of information. So right now, I want to talk about two things that are big in the world. Uh, one, obviously, is American politics. So we wanted this game to somehow inform people of American politics, but we have an Aussie on, so why not also learn something about Australian culture? So there's three different categories that have to do with American politics or Australian culture. Adam will be playing against Eddie to answer questions in each of the categories, uh, and we will crowd one winner, which will not only play for themselves, but for the pride of their nation. <laughs> Can I just say this? This seems a little unfair to Eddie because oh, it's right. understandable oh, yeah, that yeah. Uh, he would know American political news. But as an American, obviously, I also know American political <laughs> news. It's it's not really fair to expect. Wow. Him no, to you know have Australian to watch. Culture. You have Having, to watch CNN International. It's yeah. very different. Having yeah. been to an Outback Steakhouse recently and seen multiple oh, episodes fine. of Steve Irwin. I think I know what's And plus, going on. I dug pretty so deep because, like I said, I want this to be very informative for the yeah, listeners. Yeah. So why don't I go ahead and read you the first category? Yeah, and I'm running, I am running live the soundboard here. Just so you guys know, if you yeah. get an answer wrong, you'll hear... Crikey. If you get an answer right, you'll hear... <laughs> or maybe... Yes. Or maybe... <laughs> wow. And there's, wow. there's other things as well. You and got that gonna, from the official government uh, soundboard, didn't you? Yeah. We, down, we downloaded their, uh, it comes with their theme song, yeah. their Pledge of Allegiance, and all of yeah. those clips. Those were actually all clips of our prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So since we're, we're, running, we're running up against the clock here, the okay, prime minister. I'm going to read an online customer review. You have to tell me, are they reviewing a Trump steak or something from the Outback Steakhouse? Okay, so Donald Trump has his name on a steak company. So I'll call on you first. So, so Adam, you go first. Okay. This was a big waste of money, tasteless and mealy. Okay, tasteless and mealy. I feel like that <laughs> describes both Trump as a steak and Trump as a person. So I'm going to have to go with Trump. It has to be. Yes. Right. You are correct, yeah. All right, all right, all right, Eddie, your turn. <laughs> Simply, my dog wouldn't eat it. My dog wouldn't eat it. My dog wouldn't eat it. It's really hard because I don't think in Australia they have dogs. I don't know a lot about the culture. <laughs> Dingoes, So right? it feels like an American. I'm going to go Trump steak. Crocky. I'm sorry, that is an overcooked Outback steak that someone brought <laughs> over the dog. <laughs> that's, really, that's really hard. From Yelp, yeah. yeah. Okay, Adam, you're winning. Okay. It was tasteless, <laughs> kind of like eating water. I find myself eating it just because I had paid for it and didn't want us to feel as though I wasted the money. Tasteless, um, kind of like eating water. Tasteless. Once again, tasteless. It just it reeks of Trump. I'm going to have to go Trump. I'm sorry, that's Outback Steakhouse. Boy, this is really, really a hard game, Jesse. <laughs> it all we're, we're, this is our last question in the steak round. You, in the steak the round. thing is, it's like you've picked two such objectionable things in life. Right. It's Obviously, <laughs> right. There's gonna, it's going to inspire some passion from the reviewers. All right, Eddie, the last, the last one. They are yeah. greasy and gave my husband a belly aches, and he has a stomach of steel. Oh. Outback. It's got to be Outback. 
Trump steaks are so good. Crikey. Incorrect. I'm oh. incorrect. I'm the worst. All right, this is this round is rugby player or Secret Service nickname. You may remember that the presidential candidates all got to pick a Secret Service nickname are we that they were asked about in West the debate. Are we including West Wing or not? Not in this round. No. All right. All right. I think, all right. I think real life only. Yeah. So this is real life Secret Service names of a presidential candidate or the nickname of a famous rugby player. I uh, kind of feel like Adam's going to have the advantage here. I do too. All right, Adam. I believe it is your turn. Justice never sleeps. Is that a rugby player or a presidential Secret Service nickname? Uh, I'm going to have to go rugby player. Christ. I'm sorry, that's Rand Paul's Secret Service name. Justice <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. It's kind of a mouthful, too. No, it would be a sweet rugby player. Yeah. Gosh. All right, Eddie. Go. The Iron Duke. The Iron Duke. I have always, actually, I've followed the Iron Duke for a long, long time uh, in rugby, and it's a rugby player. <laughs> it's, it's old Bobby Windsor. Bobby Go Windsor. Bobby yeah, Windsor. yeah, I know. Bobby had a great career. All right, uh, uh, Adam. Pine tree. Pine tree. Pine tree. Um, look, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go rugby player. No, again. there's no way. Of course, Colin Meads. Yeah, oh, good old Colin. Colin. Yeah. Yep. All right, all right, Eddie, you'll get this one. Okay. Cohiba. Cohiba. <laughs> Cohiba. Oh, it's got to be. Uh, I'm gonna guess, and not only is it a Secret Service name, but it is. Uh, what is a center from Florida? Uh, Marco Rubio. Yes. Uh, well, it is uh, a Secret Service name, but it is Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Cohiba. Cohiba. Yeah. Cohiba, yes. <laughs> All right, Adam. True Heart. True Heart. Mm. Oh. True Heart. Um, I'm going to have to go presidential Secret Service name. Yes. It Correct. Is. Chris Christie. Yes. Right? When I think Chris Christie, True I think Heart? True Heart. <laughs> All right, Eddie. That, we'll we'll close blocked. out the round with this one Evergreen. <laughs> Evergreen. Yep. Whew, I just want to let the truth wash over me. It's a uh, Secret Service name. Yes. You are correct, Hillary thank, Clinton. Thank Hillary Clinton <laughs> is everyone. Evergreen. Wow. How about so, that? So I, as I see it now, we have a pretty close race die. going into That's the final saying. round. We'll never die. It's never a, die. A, we have a very close race. Is it tied right now? It, have, have you not been keeping score? <laughs> it's tied. <laughs> it's not. tied right yeah, now. It, we'll, it, we'll call it a tie. Taylor's I mean, yeah. job is to keep score. Some are worth one. Some are worth, you know, three or four grams. It's tied. <laughs> what, what's really important to me <laughs> Two meters. Is, is that, uh, you know, because Adam and I shared the golden age of this podcast uh, with Cameron, <laughs> that I don't show any favoritism coming down the stretch here. I've always thought I was the new Kara. I've, I felt more like that. So, so Eddie, going into this round, it's very important to know that uh, I want this to be a 50-50 shot. In, this is anyone's ball game still, okay? Yeah. okay? All right, okay. Okay, so you have to tell me who said the following quote. Uh, who, someone who's basically Australian royalty, Steve Irwin, or Senator Bernie Sanders. Oof. <laughs> okay. So, Eddie, you will go first. This is going to be hard. All right. I believe that education is all about being excited about something. Seeing passion and enthusiasm helps push an educational message. Oh, Steve Irwin. Definitely Steve Irwin. Bernie would never say yes. that. Yes. You are correct. Okay. Well, uh, Adam, like I said, I do not want to give you any unfair advantage here. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, just just keep in mind, uh, you know, this is the ball ballgame. I've yeah. probably saved thousands of people's lives with my educational message about snake bites. <laughs> oh gosh, man, that is really tough because Bernie Sanders actually once applied a pressure bandage to a rattlesnake wound that I received. It is true. Uh, I remember at that. At the time, 
at the time, the only reason I know this is he actually had to refer to education he had received yeah. from Steve Irwin. So I'm going to have to say Steve Irwin. That was so You meta. are correct. Yeah, it was Steve totally meta. Hey, is that the weirdest medical procedure you've had by a celebrity? Interesting. Um, it's the weirdest one I feel comfortable talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys know um, uh, the filmmaker uh, Tom Shadiak? He did like Ace Ventura yeah. Yeah. and all those guys. I, Cohen and I were out in the wilderness. Yes. And uh, he was running on a uh, wood deck barefoot. Got a huge splinter. He's four years old. And uh, and he's just inconsolable pain. Inconsolable. So I'm on the I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on a bench trying to like pull this massive two-inch splinter out of his foot. And I couldn't like hold the four-year-old down and get it and whatever. Mm-hmm. Tom Shadiak comes walking up. No way. And, um, <laughs> and I hold Cohen down. And over the course of the next five minutes, Tom uh, calms him and talks him through it and then pulls the splinter out. And for the rest of the trip, uh, anytime we'd see him, he called him Dr. Tom. Wow. Similar, I had meniscus surgery on my right knee <laughs> four years ago. And in the recovery room, I guess who came in and it was George went he came in (laughs) and and George had actually George had fully performed the surgery so it's been all right Eddie we have a moral responsibility uh, to leave this planet healthy and habitable for our kids and grandchildren Steve Irwin or Bernie Sanders yes that is a real tough one. Could you say it in an accent that matches the person <laughs> speaking? Ah, <laughs> uh, man, it doesn't sound. I'm going to go Bernie. Yes. You're correct. Oh, wow, oh, this is wow. tighter than I thought. I would have right. gone Steve. I would have gone one. Irwin. Yeah, 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 me too, but then I listen to the way he talks. Yeah, Adam, this is, a, this is a tough one. Again, no softballs. If I'm elected president, we will work together <laughs> on an H ban on fracking. <laughs> oh, man. Once again, not pulling any punches for old time's sake. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go Bernie Sanders. Yes, you're right. I don't wow. believe it. All right, congratulations. This honestly is a stab in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> what you want to, whatever you want to do in this world, it is achievable. Is that Bernie Sanders or Steve Irwin? I'm gonna say Steve Irwin. Unbelievable, yes. you are correct. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Bernie believes that. Man, you keep giving him the easy one. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right, Adam. The first crocodile I ever caught was nine. I was at nine <laughs> years of age, and it was a rescue. Okay, now I know this one hundred percent, and yeah. I know it by process of elimination because I, I read on Senator Sanders' website that mm-hmm. he didn't catch his first crocodile until he was, was eleven. I believe twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. so thank you. Right. He's a late bloomer, so I'm gonna have to go with Steve Irwin. I think you're okay, right. Okay, this is the final one because we gotta have a winner. This is just too tough. All right, Eddie, it's your turn. Ready? Okay, okay, okay. I'm ready. Hello. Ah oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm. I'm hey, this is a tough one. I'm gonna go Bernie 2016. I'm sorry, that was Steve Irwin <laughs> to someone oh, on, the, on the street. Darn. I guess this is it for all the marbles. <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought that was a gimme. Yeah, I really yeah. should have. <laughs> all right, all is in your court, Adam. This okay. is for the win. Fingers crossed. I am okay. a proud Australian. A very, very proud Australian. Oh, gosh. And it's on, it's on message. For Bernie Sanders. It is. <laughs> Citizen of the world. Yeah, socialism. Understands good uh, diplomacy internationally. You know what? I'm going to have to say it's Bernie. It's Bernie. No, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it's Bernie. Right. Now that I think about it. I think he did say Bernie. I think it might be Steve Irwin. He said yes. Bernie. Yes. 
Adam wins. <laughs> oh, Adam's the best. <laughs> oh man. Adam, congrats, man. You really know your country. Good job, guys. Good job. I got right. I got lucky on a couple of them, I have to say. <laughs> All right. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. Listening to M83. The song is Go. It's featuring uh, Mylon. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you guys, what are your favorite Shauna memories on the show? The, the memories have been pouring in on Twitter and on the episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. Crystal said her favorite Shauna memory is when she described her love of fake nacho cheese. I'm with you, Shauna. Oh, that stuff right. is amazing on Fuddruckers hot dogs. <laughs> we'll miss you, Shauna. Christina says, my favorite memories of Shauna on the show were when, yes, this will sound harsh, but when all the guys would just listen, not interrupt her, and let her talk. Hey, here's one from Sam. My favorite thing about (laughs) Shauna is those countless moments when Cameron goes off on a tangent about basketball, Jesse about science, Eddie about Eagle Scouts, or whatever. And there's dead silence for Shauna, about five to ten solid minutes, which makes me wonder... Is Shauna still on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Before finally someone acknowledges, Shauna is clearly in shock, disbelief, uh, or incredulous, uh, or just completely lost. We will miss you, Shauna. <laughs> this this sounds so much like Kara Davis. Yeah. Memories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Golden era. Golden era. There was a lot of people just saying, why, Shauna? Why? Yeah, that's that true. they will miss her. That is true. She will be missed. Well, there's a lot more of your memories. If you want to go check them out, uh, hit up the episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. <laughs> well, uh, Adam's sitting in for a couple weeks with us, actually. Little news there. Little oh, nugget. my gosh. PG. So uh, either between now and next week or after next week, I don't, we don't know. But a baby's it, coming it soon. It better be between now and next week. Yeah. A baby's yeah. coming soon. So we want to know uh, for this week's question. Of the week, your advice for Adam becoming a new father. You're gonna have so much time to do podcasting yeah. once you have a new baby, Adam. <laughs> People lie. You have not, plenty of time. But time on my hands. It's almost too much flexibility with a baby. If you want to, if you want to <laughs> take your your feedback up to another level, maybe give the advice George Went would give Adam as a new father. <laughs> the advice George Went gave to me on my wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> After he granted you one favor that you still owe him dearly. <laughs> yeah, that's a tradition in all parts of the world, right? George Went grants you one wish on your wedding night. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Oh my goodness. Uh, many thanks to. I need a man killed and I need him killed with a dagger from space. No question. <laughs> Immediately. You ever seen Mary Poppins? It's actually the boy from Mary Poppins. He's 84 years old. 
Many thanks to our show sponsors for, for making the uh, episode possible. Remember, if you go to audible.com slash relevant, you can get a free 30-day trial, download an audio book uh, right away, and just start listening. Remember, that's audible.com slash relevant. And also, uh, when you go over to squarespace.com, enter promo code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase, uh, squarespace.com. He, he came to me on my wedding night and said, literally anything I can do. And I was like, uh, I've never had space ice cream before. Yeah, I would love some. I bet you wish you had that wish back. <laughs> yeah. It ruined all my astronaut aspirations. That's, Thanks a lot, George. Flynn. The strawberry part of it is so good, though. It's surprising. I think it's surprising. I think you should. Would, I think giving space ice cream another go would be good for you, Jesse. Many thanks also to Malachi Kirby for joining us. Make sure to check out the new miniseries Roots. It's airing right now on A and E. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Yeah. On that note, we'll wrap it up. George actually did a commentary for it. It was, uh, you know, it was thoughtful. <laughs> it was interesting. I was surprised. No one asked him to, but no. But he re- he released it on his <laughs> he, website. He did release it. Geocities.georgewent.com <laughs> forward slash norm. There's actually a lot of weird commentaries <laughs> on there. It turns out he's he's. It sounds like he's recording commentaries about twelve hours a day these days. So. Yeah, it's really shocking. He he basically lets Netflix pick whatever's next, and then he just does a long, <laughs> continuous. A lot of it's just heavy breathing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's commentary. It's podcast went Vince. Vince. We're not even sure that he knows. What Whatever's recording his voice is on in the room and recording. No, George is just doing a free association of whatever, whatever. He just knows internally what needs to be released into the ether. And so he just speaks it into existence. And yet he always starts with, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition. <laughs> but I'm, I'm 90% sure I listened to 90 minutes of him making a pot pie last week. <laughs> I was shocked that he didn't buy the pre-made crust, but he didn't. He knew exactly what to do. He laid it out. He did a pre-bake of the bottom crust. I mean, it was interesting, and oddly enough, it synced up perfectly with, Again, with House of Cards. I think his house is bought. I think his house is yeah. Either it was a pot pie recipe, or I woefully misinterpreted the last Terrence Malick film I saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta get George on That's the, the show thing. Me. That's the thing. That's the tricky thing about diving deep into his archive, is these commentaries aren't labels. You have to just decide what he's talking about. No, you just have to get a sense of it. You and gotta, most of the time, he just jumps in midstream. You use context clues but it takes you an hour and a half for him to like grumble some of the credits that he's watching because he it hates turned the out yeah it turned out one time it was just him sniffing a bunch of yankee candles <laughs> <laughs> i thought i thought he was doing uh, i thought it was a show i thought it was an archive chicago bears game so. yeah like, oh, it smells like uh, country linen yeah country linen. very very confusing i mean i clicked on the wrong hey thing. sammy can i get another Oh, this one's I mean, he's had that man has had to spend a fortune on Yankee Camp. Yeah, it's almost it's almost sad to see where all of the Cheers residuals go. It's actually a direct deposit into a Yankee Candle. I mean, he he discussed in detail over four hundred, and I know for a fact those things can go point. And it was every single one was different. Every single some rare ones, some rare ones. I googled them later. Collectible I mean, they, DC they're, candles they're discontinued. Yeah, ones that can only be found on meteors. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to find. 
There's like a cotton candy one that I think kids were eating and getting really sick that the FDA banned. And he, he hoarded them. And he's got like it. 12. He, he had to go deep into the East. He had to get a passport made so that he could go into the... Yeah, it some, was... yeah some that, for health reasons, are long off the market. He yeah. has. Yeah. Anyhow, it's one of my favorite podcasts. It downloads perpetually and plays perpetually. It never stops and starts. It's like a rabbit. Like, like I said, I'm pretty sure his house is being bugged in live stream without his knowledge. But, yeah. uh, and every about seven or eight hours, he complains that he can't get out of the house, but then he just seems to laugh it off and kind of repeat the cycle. Yeah. Oh it's all right. Goodness. It's all right. very well, On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I think that the thing with his podcast is that he needs a sponsor, and I think that that's what he's missing. Anyhow, we'll talk more about it later. I'm Eddie. I'm, Eddie. I'm Chandler Strang. <laughs> I've bugged George Winch's house. <laughs> I'm Adam Smith. Adam, congrats again, man. Good luck, buddy. You're going to do great. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. She was red hot. I mean she was steaming. And that time over at Johnny's place. Well, this chick got up and she slapped Johnny's face. Man, we just fell about the place. If that chick don't want to know, forget her. I need a man killed, and I need him killed with a dagger from space. No questions, George.